Suit up! Damn it, Marshal! New is always better. Challenge accepted. I'm not the blitz! You want to hit of this sandwich? Damn, maybe it'd be cool. Can we go camping? Alright, welcome to the re-return, everyone. Uh, I'm Lear. And I'm Erin. And we are going through How I Met Your Mother, episode by episode, and reviewing them. We are two huge super fans of the show. And we could talk about this stuff for days. And don't worry, by the end of this, there will be days worth of content. Absolutely. (laughs) So, this week, we are on Season 1, Episode 6, The Slutty Pumpkin. The Slutty Pumpkin. Oh, this is such an important episode in a way that I think I don't really love. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Parts of it are a lot of fun, but parts of it make us really hate Ted. Not necessarily, like, Ted the romantic character, but just, like, Ted the person is kind of a douche. Yeah, I, I think this... Okay, so I've enjoyed this episode in the past and not in, like, in a genuine way. But, like, for whatever reason, when I was watching it this week, I really honestly felt that they were... Being too literal. And I think we can parse that. Like, there's just so many things that Ted, like, not only in his voiceover, future Ted narrative, but, like, Ted in the story says things like, I just have this feeling. And, like, it, she just, like, represents this to me. And I'm just like, why are you telling us this, dude? Like. <laughs> yeah. Why are you, you know, okay. How many years had it been at this point? Um, that he'd been chasing the slutty pumpkin, like in two thousand five, real time. Four. So in two, so he meets the slutty pumpkin in two thousand one. Okay. At, yes. 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 At because a party. The, the hanging Chad. The hanging Chad, which at the time was already a dated reference. <laughs> right. So in two, at a party in two thousand one, he has been going to this party now for four years straight. Um, It is very conveniently on the roof of his building. It seems like if she was looking for him, she would be able to find him very easily. Right. Um, (laughs) This feels kind of like Stalker Ted again. A little bit. I mean, he's Um, not looking for her, but he's trying to recreate this perfect moment. Which is what Ted does. It's something that Ted does constantly throughout the series, and you kind of have to hate him for it. Yeah. um, Because it's super annoying. And this is definitely something we can talk about um and i do want to talk about because ted i mean this whole show on a meta level like on a high meta level is about ted creating a narrative of his life and this is something i think all people do but he's telling i mean and he's very obviously telling a story but i think the 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 subtext becomes a little too textual in this episode and it like really jumped out at me and bothered me in ways that it hasn't in the past so I, I, okay, so the moment that most jumped out at me was when Barney is saying, like, why are you doing this? Like, Victoria's Secret Models, why are you doing this? And Ted says something like, she represents hope. And I'm just like, okay, so Ted is, a rom- Ted is obviously a romantic waiting for the potential of a relationship in this episode. He is spending the entire episode waiting for this girl who may have been perfect or may have not been perfect. This girl that he talked to for a span of a few minutes. Yeah. Um, 
And okay, so the 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 one of the most telling scenes in the in the in the in the seat in this entire episode is the first one of the first scenes wherein Ted starts telling the story of the slutty pumpkin and everyone starts not only mocking him mercilessly but like completing the story in a mocking way like <laughs> and she <laughs> poured a cocktail of root beer and Kahlua <laughs> a cocktail she made herself like I love this scene because not like it works on an, a textual level and a metatextual level in the sense that like this is what Ted is telling the story of him telling this story <laughs> and like the group is reacting the same way as Ted's kids like of course he's not going to shut up he'll never shut up right um and they've all heard this a thousand yeah. times right or at but least this four is, at least four um but probably a thousand so I think that so, so this opening scene for me works really really well because it it's it but then, like, they go and make it literal. Like, they make it so literal. And Robin's Robin's plot is, like, so... Like, they don't... They show, don't tell the entire time. I'm sorry. They tell, don't show the entire time. It's it's Robin saying things like, no, like, he better want... You know, she keeps saying, like, oh, well, I just want to sleep alone. And, like, they don't show us that because we know nothing about this Mike character other than he wants to be a more couple couple. Right. Um, Other than he exists. Yeah, like he he is he just exists. He exists for for Robin to have a like to for Robin to essentially tell him she wants to be single the entire episode, which quite frankly is a perfectly fine thing to be. Like <laughs> I watched this episode and my boyfriend was sitting next to me and he and Robin starts bitching about how, you know, she doesn't want to share the Sunday and my mic just started laughing hysterically because I would never, ever share a brownie Sunday. Sunday. It's mine. Get your own. <laughs> Does he listen to our podcast? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that, like, her, her entire, her enti- since her entire story, and it is, is her talking about, like, her talking about the symbolism of, her talking about the ways that she doesn't, want to to be in a relationship and not necessarily showing us that like and then we have these moments from ted where he's like not only where where he's just like talking about this girl as a symbol like this is not how people talk and it really took me out of the episode in a lot of ways i i think they were reaching like they were insecure in their storytelling or they were reaching too far like you don't need to have ted saying like i think she just really represents hope like gross dude gross dude um yeah no i i agree completely okay it was it got to be a bit much and yeah yeah you're right this episode kind of they didn't just knock you over the head with it like they they read you they read it to you they read it to you and like they don't need to do that that opening scene where you know everyone is perfectly mocking Ted, like in such a like all of our friends do this. If you've told a story a thousand times, your friends, your significant others, your family will do this to you. Um, it works so well and it's so funny. But you know, in the immortal words of Lily, <laughs> Ted really can go on about a bitch. Like, <laughs> I love that line so much. It's probably my favorite line in the entire series because it works on every single level. <laughs> 
It really does. It really does. Um, it's in. It's from season six, episode twenty-four, is challenge accepted. Um, I mean, he went on for nine seasons about Robin. Come on. Yeah, and and the mother a little bit, but like oh. mostly Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Ted really can go on about a bitch. Um, yeah. So I think that they made a lot of stuff text that they didn't need to in this episode. Um, but there's like some really great stuff here. Um, I mean, they, they uh, one of the nice things about this episode is that they really kind of line up why Ted and Robin aren't going to work on a superficial level. I mean, not that they haven't been doing this for, you know, five episodes now, but, you know... I, right. I, I, I just, but I mean, the conclusion is, you know, if it's the right person, you'll do all this stuff. And I don't think that's true at all. Um, <laughs> I know that's not true. Because <laughs> the Frowning Sunday is mine, motherfuckers. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, though. They, so we do have a little bit of subtext left. Mm-hmm. Because we do have, you know, Robin smacking us in the face with why she is you know, why she wants to be single, basically. Like, why she doesn't work or, in this relationship. Yeah. And or then like, we have Ted smacking us in the face with the one and hope and blah, 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 blah. His desperation right. to find this girl. But seeing those two separate stories, we we do, you know, there we do get to put it together ourselves that mm-hmm. this is why Ted and Robin don't work. Right. Um, I mean, they do have a, a rather literal conversation at the end. Um, okay, this is this is slightly unrelated, but the very first thing that future Ted says in this episode is like, you know how Robin loves Halloween costumes? Like, so he's telling this to his kids. Um, you know, you know Aunt Robin loves co- Halloween costumes. Well, 25 years ago, she didn't. Which would be clever, except this is a plot development that we literally never see. Wow, like good story, Ted. Yeah, great story, Ted. <laughs> because even in the, like, so in the last episode, in the last Halloween party that is thrown on the roof, where Lily is a whale, um, Robin is not in costume. Nope. No, because of, like, of all the things we never see, like, we never ever see, is... Ted and Robin's relationship after Tracy dies. Like, they kind of hint at it. Like, there's the one really nice episode. There's, like, the one really nice moment where, um... Where where, Robin runs into Ted and the kids? No, we don't see that. Is is that in the... Is that a a deleted scene, or...? No, you're you're talking toward the... During the... During the finale. Uh, Oh, no, she meets... Oh, wait, no, she's already dead by then. Never mind. No, she's not dead. She's not? No. When when Ted, when Robin runs into Ted and Penny, yeah, I don't think I don't think Tracy's dead then. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't think Tracy's dead when that happens. Great, I need to watch that season gr- nine again. Yeah, that girl's way too young for Penny to be dead. She's like five or something. No, Penny's not dead. Yeah, Penny's not dead yet. I'm sorry, Tracy's not dead yet. <laughs> Penny is too young for Tracy to be dead in that scene. There we okay. go. But. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the episode where the kid dumps Robin, like... Oh! <laughs> and and we have that, like, well, you know, you know, she she didn't... Like, that, that, that drawing wasn't about Robin, but, you know, she went on to star in all these other drawings that were... And it's like, you know, Aunt Robin and us. <laughs> it oh, was cute. Yeah. 
It was cute. So, like, we get this sense that Robin like, kind of stepped up a little after Tracy died. I mean, we didn't know at the time, but, like, retrospectively, you could make the argument that Robin kind of steps up. There's textual evidence in the finale that, that you know, they say, you know, the kids say, no, we love Robin. Like, go get Robin. <laughs> You've been talking about Robin for five years. Just, like, go get her dad. Seriously. Right. Um, but that picture, the, the pictures that the kids drew of Robin in that flash forward. Mm-hmm. Tracy had to have still been alive then, too. Either yeah. that or those kids were really shitty artists by the time they were, like, 10. <laughs> by the time they were 10 and 11, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, oh, God. That, like, that pokes some holes. It does. Ah! Because in the finale, we get the sense that Ted and Robin are kind of estranged. Yeah. She's estranged from the group. Oh, God damn it. How am I? God fucking damn it. <laughs> I, I hate this episode. <laughs> well, because we literally see, you know, going back to that Halloween party, that last Halloween party when the apartment's empty. At yeah. The, you know, the end of the series. Robin is literally walking away from the group. Uh, why does this not work? We, we know that she's estranged from everyone by that point oh it's self-imposed it is because she for whatever reason she doesn't feel like she's ever really been a part of the group which is absolute bullshit yeah but i can see where she would come to that conclusion at the end like yeah i mean i wouldn't want to hang out with (laughs) party and ted after their complicated relationships true and the old married couple with all the kids yeah, that she can't have. Yeah. She doesn't want them, but she also can't have them either. <laughs> and there's a whole thing about that, too. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to. I'm, I'm in really a couple excited. years. In, a couple, in like five million years when we finally get to season seven and we can talk about the amazing run between... Oh, God. Well, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay, well, the finale ruined this episode for me. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> I quit. Fuck how Throw I met your mother. Towel. Fuck it. Fuck you, fuck you guys. Um, but not really, because we're totally in this for the long haul. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, of course. Um. So, oh, where can we go from here, man? I don't know. Let's talk about Barty. Yeah, let's get back on track with that. I, yes. I think that, okay, I, I have general thoughts on this episode real quick. Okay. Nothing earth-shattering, but I think this episode... I think this episode was a throwaway at the beginning. I really don't think that the writers could have possibly seen this as being, you know, tying in anywhere later in the show. But the fact that they we later actually meet the slutty pumpkin... And the fact that this is referenced, you know, toward the end and everything ruined it. It made this episode too important. To the mythology. Right. It made it too important to the mythology of the show to just be fun anymore. Right. 
And they play with it in the finale a little bit more than they think they really should have. Because yeah. I, I believe in one of the scenes with like the multiple Halloween parties that we never really see, we see the slutty pumpkin and Ted doesn't notice her. <laughs> right. Um, or what, that was No, that was the one with the gift. Where, where are they talking about thank you notes? I don't give a shit anymore. Oh, I'm so sad right now. Which is that? That was also, yeah, that was in season nine. Yeah, that was it in season nine. It wasn't the finale, nine, no. but it was in season nine. Yeah. And season nine, like, kind of retroactively ruined a lot of stuff. <laughs> it did. I guess I don't really want to say that because I, like, on a I don't rewatch, hate season nine as much as everyone else does. I mean, everyone, yeah. The only thing that season nine really, really ruined for me is um, that uh, Cindy Lauper song because of the Robin Balloon. Oh, well, the Robin balloon. It's like, I get it, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think this, this, the, this episode became too important to the mythology, and mm-hmm. it, it ruined it for me. It, it's yeah. not fun anymore. I can right. watch it in season one and enjoy it, but the further, I, like, when we come back to it, I don't know. Like, yeah, um... Yeah, I, I agree. Um, without getting too much into detail about, like, when we literally come back to it and also, like, the the other references. Right. Um, I, I can barely watch, like, The Slutty Pumpkin Returns in season eight. It is a hard thing for me to watch. It is so awkward. It is. Yeah. And it's deliberately, like, it's deliberately supposed to be awkward. I think they're, they know exactly what they're doing. But it's hard to watch if you don't like awkward comedy. It is. Um, and... Or even if you do. Yeah. I mean, we love Arrested Development, and there's a lot of awkward comedy in there. Mm-hmm. But this is hard for even us to get through. Yeah. So hard. You know, we discussed a little bit in the last episode, you know, we really love the way that they they c- connected all these dots for some of these minor characters. But when they started connecting bigger dots, it stopped working as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And part of that goes back to a discussion we had a few weeks ago that, you know, later in the series, when they were less sure if they were getting another season or not, like, they started, and then they got more seasons, they started having time to fill. Right, and they had to start stretching stuff, which yeah. really starts to hurt the integrity of the narrative. Um, I mean, this is a st- this is a show that... Like, in their first episode, they had a time lock. Like, they had to be done by 2030, and those kids had to be teenagers, which means Ted had to knock up a bitch, like, real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Once we got to, like, 2013. Yep. Which they solve in a way, like, I I really, honestly, I mean, I said to you, like, there's no way he doesn't marry her before they get knocked up, and, like, that's, like, that was our constant conversation in season nine, was, like, when is Ted going to meet this girl and Mm -hmm. knock her up? Like, he's out of time. Go get yep. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love that they subverted my expectations in the finale. I, I, I do love that. But, like, I think we spent two years just, like, this constant tension of, like, when is, t- when is this going to happen? Like, you are on a time lock. You have to be done. And, th- and they push it a lot. They push it really hard towards the end of the season, like, and not in a way that strengthens the narrative. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a confession to make. Yeah. And as an Archer fan, I feel like this is really kind of shameful. <laughs> I don't remember anything about Top Gun. 
I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was like five and I haven't seen it again. And all I know about it is Danger Zone and Tom Cruise. And, and topless something... volleyball. Or, well, what? not topless because they're guys, but shirtless. Is that? Is that is shirtless? Yeah. Shirtless yeah. Volley- I don't know anything about shirtless volleyball. I don't know. Like, seriously, that Archer trailer is like about as much as I know about Top Gun and also Danger Zone. Like, that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't watch it if I were you. I, I, okay. I can't recommend watching Top Gun ever. Okay. Not good. <laughs> uh, it's about as um, 80s action as you can get. Ugh. Um, I mean, we... it's, it's guys in planes. It's, it's, yeah, and it's, it's pre-Die Hard, right? Like. Uh. Pre or similar. Like. I'm looking it up now. So, I think we can agree that Die Hard kind of changed the visual language of the action movie. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Die Hard yeah. was two years later. Yeah. So, like, there's before... Like, in the same way that there's, like, before the Matrix... Like, our generation would know before the Matrix and after the Matrix. Like, movies fucking changed after the Matrix. Yes. Um, I think Die Hard was kind of the same way for, like, the 80s. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and since... Top Gun was pre-Die Hard. Um, like, watershed moments. Danger Zone's a really good song, though. Yeah. No, it's not. It's an awful song, but it's... It's it's, it's so iconic. In, yeah. Especially in the Archer universe, which we could probably do a whole podcast about Archer and just, like, never have it end. Right. Um, now, this... So, obviously, what we're getting at with that is... Um, flight suit up. <laughs> Bar- yes, flight suit up. Barney's flight costume for the party. This, for me, was the first time Barney was truly clever. Yes. The Barney carrying the boombox, playing Danger Zone for Ted to open the door, was just so perfect. I, I love the way that you hear the song... And, like, you watch Ted hear the song, and he's, like, in this dorky-ass hanging Chad costume. Um, And then he walks to the door, and, like, you still think it's on the soundtrack. Um, There's a word for that in movie making, like, where you think there's something on the soundtrack, but is actually in the scene. And I cannot for the life of me think of what this word is, but... I can't either, but Tarantino does it all the time. Tarantino does it all the time. Um, it's very, it's pretty common, I think. But like, I loved the use of this because you think it's on the soundtrack, but like Ted can hear it. Like Ted in the universe can hear it. And then he opens the door and there's Barney in a flight suit, like <laughs> with Danger Zone. <laughs> um, and I love his, I love um Barney's pickup strategy, which is have multiple costumes so you can hit on the only woman at the party multiple times. Um, <laughs> I love that he's like, Ted, I can't believe you convinced me to do this. And Ted's like, you followed me up here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like MVP of this episode is probably Barney. Like this is such a great set piece for him. It really is. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, his terrible puns to that poor girl dressed up like a Hawaiian dancer um, I love how he he tries to like 
I love the penguin costume. I honestly think there's someone in the writer's room at How I Met Your Mother who just fucking love penguins. Because Robin makes, like, loves penguins too. I would be surprised if the, the, the same writer didn't write this episode, both episodes. I would hope so. I That's probably something true. we could look up. Um, yeah, because it's this one and then Robin 101, where we find out Robin loves penguins. <laughs> um, it's Speak- just, it. I'm a horny devil. <laughs> Do you think she went out with him? He's a master of disguise. Probably. And then it went about as poorly as can be expected. As poorly as can be expected. Yeah. I, I honestly have to say that one of the things I love, and we, we talked about this, we talk about this every week. Like, one of the things I love is like, this is now episode six and Barney has not successfully picked up a woman. He's it's... so well known for it in later seasons that like, how can we go through six episodes and he hasn't gotten his sword on? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Lily and Marshall, anything to say about them? I mean, the costumes are cute. The gay pirate thing is so 2005. It is. Like, like that was the year for gay pirates, and they were so spot on with that. Um, yeah. Oh, Obviously yeah. because of Pirates of the Caribbean, um, which was a 2004 movie? 2003. 2003. Yeah, it was 2003. Yep. Um, um, and obviously, I think to serve as a counterpoint to... like. So Lillian Marshall in this episode, I think, function as, like, the narrative raison d'etre in the sense that, like, they're supposed... They're the counterpoint to Robin. Like, so Robin and her not-boyfriend are, have, are having dinner with Marshall and Lily during this co- this costume contest. So everything that Lily and Marshall do, Robin and Mike try to do and fail at. But also, like, they're a nice counterpoint to, what like, what Ted wants. Like, Ted, I think, constantly wants... To have a, a lily to his marshal, in a sense. And it's something he talks about in the last episode. Something. Okay, can we go back and talk about Okay Awesome? Because I really, I forgot I really wanted to talk about the last scene in the taxi where they're just like screaming at each other. They played some good songs <laughs> tonight. That place has great salads. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> um. Which is exactly what happens after you're in a club or at a concert. And, like, you can't hear for shit. I, I've i um, had more experience with concerts than I have with clubs. Yeah. And I can absolutely attest to that. Yeah, like, where you everything just kind of rings and you have to, you, you're talking at an elevated level for, like, two days. Yeah, I spent um, a summer working a venue uh, as, like the burly guy standing in front of the stage to keep people away. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was always standing right in front of the speakers, and it took me a couple of weeks to realize that I should be wearing earplugs. Oh, ow. I'm not a clever man. Well, I mean, yeah, I hate going to gigs without earplugs now. It just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts so much. Um. So, I'm sorry, so the point of that was... At the end of the episode, like, Ted and Marshall are, like, Lily's asleep, um, because as we find out later, Lily, when she's drunk, falls asleep in taxis. (laughs) Very nice character note. Um, and Ted and Marshall are having a, like, Barney's in his own world screaming about salads. Um, and Ted and Marshall are having a very nice conversation about how they want, like, how Ted wants what Marshall and Lily have. 
Um, and like, I have to go to these clubs because I have to go to these clubs because I'll never find her. But what I do, we're going to have some kick-ass wine tastings. I think this very nicely carries over in a way because Ted is longing for what Marshall and Lily have, obviously, in kind of a gross way. Like, I think Marshall and Lily have it genuinely, but Ted is a romantic who just wants it because, like, who says he wants it. Like, there's a lot of textual evidence that he doesn't want this at all. Like, it takes him nine seasons to meet this fucking girl. Like, he could have married, he, if he really wanted it, he would have married Victoria in the first season. Anyway. (laughs) Thoughts? I, I agree. I mean, it's, the entire show is Ted saying, you know, telling us what he wants and then not doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that that's spot on. It, it's, it's nine seasons of Ted not, like, not taking it seriously. Right. Yeah, and, and like, just banging chicks every, all the time. None of these relationships work out. Lily straight up tells him at some point, like, if you wanted to be married, you'd be married. Um, someone tells him that. I, don't, I forget who. I, I think uh, it's Lily. You think it's Lily? I think um, so. I think so, too. And I could probably look it up, but whatever. <sighs> oh, this episode is, like, so frustrating in so many ways. Um, Do you want to know how else it's frustrating? No. Well, too bad. Tell me anyway. So, so, this is also the first episode where they said weed. They <gasps> actually said weed. Oh my god, they said episode. weed. Oh, that stupid angel. <laughs> oh, he would have said sandwiches. Oh, I guess it's okay if other people are saying it. Is it though? No, it's not. It, it ruins the whole thing for me. I can't A watch little this bit. anymore. <laughs> I can't Podcast watch this over. anymore. <laughs> and the end. We're just um, no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, it's that's why I have such an issue with this episode being so important later. Mm-hmm. Is that they hadn't fully formed the show yet? Like the, it's close. the little, the little quirks and the little inroads and you know the little references and just the things that make How I Met Your Mother How I Met Your Mother, like sandwiches. Like it's such a little thing, but this is this was too early for them to make something so important out of it. Which is what they spend most of season eight and season nine doing is making really early, like making season one so important, right? Which they kind of had to do if they were really going to lean on that pilot for the finale. Yeah. So I understand it. I just like I, I have some questions, and I think that. You know, I, and obviously, like, it doesn't really... At this time, it detracted from my enjoyment of the show, because I was trying to, like... Um, I was trying to, like, analyze it, but most of the time, I can breeze past this episode with very little, like... I don't know. We might have ruined this for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of other episodes that they've given, you know, undue importance to that I don't have this issue with. Right. Like, okay, awesome. Did a, a really nice job. Yeah. Um... But just remember, not three episodes ago, we hated Purple Giraffe. A lot. Which did kind of a similar thing. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously not a problem that's going to go away. It's probably, I mean, it's absolutely a, a symptom of how sitcoms are created and how they break stories and how many episodes they have to make. 
You know, it's not like England where they can say, we're going to have two seasons and it's going to be six episodes each. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In, you know, places like that, you don't have, you know, the issues of a syndication contract uh, dependent on 100 episodes. You don't Mm -hmm. have seasons created to fill a contractual requirement and then burnt off during the summer. That's a distinctly American television thing. Right. That's how that's how the Drew Carey show ended. Mm-hmm. Actually, the entire last season was burnt off a year and a half after the previous season. It was burnt off the following summer, back-to-back episodes for like 13 weeks. What's the show? Okay, so there's a show that now I, for the life of me, cannot remember the name of. But it was a very generic, like, boring sitcom. And, like, they got their cancellation notice, like, halfway through the season. And they just, like, went off the rails into this, like, meta-narrative about how the guy basically finds out he's in a Truman show (laughs) type situation. Oh, oh, um. Like, it just, like, goes, they're just like, fuck it. I'll have to look. We'll, yeah. We'll answer that next week. We, we will answer that next week because it was, I, I, I haven't watched it, but I've read a million think pieces about it because shit can get real when you get to the end. How, obviously, How I Met Your Mother had a lot more, like, because it was such a success, especially after it joined syndication, I swear to God, the first time my mom made a Woo Girls reference to me, I just, like, I had to, like, throw my phone across the room. I just couldn't handle this shit. Um, <laughs> she's like, you call me what? Oh, that's right. In the last episode, I admitted to passing out on a bathroom floor and getting kicked out of a club. Uh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> I forget my point. I was going to make one. Uh, I think you were going to make a point that How I Met Your Mother, because it was such a success... Um, would have had more notice regardless that they were ending. It's true. Um, I mean, and we can, well, we we will say this probably a million times if I haven't said it a million times already. It kind of hurts a little that they didn't stop after eight seasons and they went for season nine. Like, it's an exciting, like, I think they did something really interesting and creative, but it was too long of a season to sustain their concept in practice. Like, How I Met Your Mother in many ways, like, I love how ambitious it is in many ways. Um, And this episode certainly has, like, some ambition, more than I think the average sitcom, although this is not the most ambitious episode we'll see. Even, you know, I think OK Awesome was way more creative and ambitious than this episode is. Yo, absolutely. Um, In season nine, they were doing, they were attempting to do something really creative and it kind of backfired a little. Like, I think if they had a 13-episode order, it would have worked like fucking gangbusters. Right. But they had a 22-episode order, and it was just too much. Like, Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that they... If there would have been eight seasons, and the best parts, the important parts of season eight mm-hmm. had been mixed with season nine, it could have worked. It could have worked. Even with the full run of season nine, with the you know, with the breakdown that they did mm-hmm. because there was still, there was just too much filler. Yeah. Although I think we both watched the fan cut of 
season nine and didn't like it. Oh god, it was awful. It was not a good cut. The like two hour like, yeah, movie. feature film cut. Ugh. I hated it. Yeah. But I also hated it because of where it ended. Yes. Like my my biggest issue with it you know, my biggest issue with the fan cuts and the fan theories and stuff like that for either season nine as a whole or just the finale is cutting it at the train station scene. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Because cause here's the thing, like, you have to, when you watch How I Met Your Mother, you need to, re- like, once you realize that it's a story about Ted and Robin, and, like, it sucks because they did such a great job with Tracy and... Like, you have to, like, the whole story changes when you realize that Ted is not looking for the the mother. He's waiting for Robin. The whole story changes. Yes. Um, and this is probably an episode that they didn't really, like, they weren't quite ready to make that commitment. That, that this is a story about, quite about <laughs> Robin and not the mother. Right. Yep, agree. 100%. Uh. <sighs> oh, oh boy. Okay, so we hate the episode, but how much do we hate Ted himself? Um, I think Ted suffers more from writing than he does from himself. Um, I think, th- I think there's, I mean, Ted is a long-winded storytelling douche. Even in 2005, I think even in 2001, and definitely in 2030, mm-hmm. um, because Ted really can go on about a bitch. So you have to either like take, and you have to like take him at his word. Like you just have to like lead into that shit. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to give him like a five. I was like, thinking four or five too. Yeah. So. This is like not the best Ted, but I think... Four or five. Pick one. Uh, fine. Um, five. Five? Okay. When really in doubt, we'll agree. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's a tough thing to, like, say because, I don't know, there's something. Here's the thing I have to, I, I, I don't have an answer for, and I would love to hear other people's thoughts on. Is Ted waiting for this girl because... He says he wants to find her or because he genuinely wants to find her. Like he's kind of caught up in this like this narrative like he he creates this narrative around himself that he is looking for the one and but there's a lot of textual evidence in like not just this episode but like other other seasons other episodes that he's not really looking for her. So like what the fuck is he doing on this roof? What's like, he looking been- for? What's he looking for? It speaks to a romantic nature, but there's a lot that undercuts it. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have anything to add to that. Okay. Also, Robin I'm not sure if Robin played tennis or not. They have clearly not nailed down Robin yet. Right. Yeah, that that was another inconsistency. Mm-hmm. That she said that she played tennis so she didn't have to have teammates. Which she definitely played hockey later. Right. But, you know. Like, is, is she Canadian yet? I don't even know that she's Canadian yet. Oh my god, I don't know. She has to be, right? 
I've been asking this for like three episodes now, so I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she's Canadian yet. Okay. Well. Well. I don't really want to watch Purple Giraffe again. I'm going to watch the pilot again. <laughs> mm, I'll I'll watch Purple Giraffe again. Okay. okay. And if there's a reference in one of those two episodes, I think we'll be in the clear about her being Canadian. Right. Okay. The end? <laughs> yes. Let's let's wrap this one up. Um So thanks for listening everyone. Um this week was hard. Hard. This I can't was... believe I was not expecting to like run down this episode so much. Yeah. It's more fun when you watch it. Oh god. <laughs> but like there are these problems. Yeah, there are. And I I think a lot of it comes from how long the show went on. I, I think a lot of it comes from season eight. So we definitely ruined the show for ourselves. Like we've ruined this episode for ourselves. Just by talking about it. Yeah. We're um, dumb. So <laughs> that's, I guess that's this week's question. Did we ruin it for you? Like or what would ruin it for you? Right. What, what would ruin this for you if we didn't already? If we didn't already, I'm not sure anything can ruin it for you. Yeah. But we'll see. So yeah, um, hit us up on thereReturn.com or at thereReturn on Twitter and let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, let us know what you thought of our discussion tonight and how, um, you know, how much we ruined it for you. We're so sad right now. We are. This kind of beat us up a little bit. Oh. Will next week be better? What's coming next week? <laughs> uh, what is next week? Oh! It's Matchmaker. Oh! We're going to hate Ted so much next week. But I like that episode. I do like that episode. I hope we don't talk ourselves out of it. Um, I don't think we will. That didn't... I don't think we will. That was but, only yeah. kind of important again later, and it was still good. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna like t- we're gonna like next week, but we're gonna hate Ted. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. I'm so excited for Matchmaker. Sweet, sweet. Also, I get to talk about music again more next week. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for this week then. But yeah, oh, definitely yeah. hit us up. Let us know what you think, and uh, we will see you next time. Uh, this is Lear. And I'm Erin. And goodbye, everyone. Bye.